Chapter 18 of the Diamond Cross Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James O'Connor. The Diamond Cross Mystery by Chester K. Steele. Chapter 18 Amy's Test. However, it was not quite as bad as that. Though Sally Page had received a severe shock and had been near to death, prompt action on the part of the physician on the hospital ambulance had started her feeble heart, which had been affected by the current of electricity, to beating. This, among other things, Colonel Ashley learned when he hastened to the jewelry store from the homestead, leaving at the latter place his trusty lieutenant, Jack Young to look after both Larch and Harry King, neither of whom seemed likely to leave the place very soon. "'Tell me more about it,' said the colonel, when he was sitting with Mr. Ketteridge in the dimly-lighted jewelry shop, after Sally had been taken to the hospital. "'What shocked her?' "'The same electric wires on the showcase that shocked Miss Brill the other day. The electricians had been told to remove them, but had not yet done so.' but I thought those wires were dead, cut after the other accident, Mr. Kettridge. So they were, but they can be supplied with current from another source, it seems, and I was the innocent cause of doing it. You? How? By throwing over a switch on the workbench where James Darcy used to busy himself. An electric switch on Darcy's workbench? Yes, come and see for yourself. I've sent for the electrician to come and rip out everything. I'll have the place all wired over. It was a makeshift job to begin with, and since Darcy complicated the wires with some that he hoped to run his electric lathe with, there is no telling when one may get a shock. How did it happen, asked the colonel, as the jeweler led the way to that part of the store where Darcy had the repair bench, behind the watch showcase. It was now close to midnight, and the excitement over the accident to Sally, which had occurred after the closing hour for the store, had subsided, not as much of a crowd having gathered at that time of the evening as would have done earlier. Well, it happened this way, explained Kettridge. We're going to have a special sale of a medium-priced line of goods tomorrow. I was getting ready for it after the clerks had gone, setting out the display and the like, when I found I needed help. It wasn't much, just the little odds and ends that a woman can do better than a man when it comes to making things look fancy. I might have telephoned for Miss Brill, but I didn't like to bring her back, as she'd worked hard all day. Then I thought of Sally Page. It's true she's deaf, but she has been in the family, so to speak, a long while, and she knows the shop and the goods pretty well. She's quick if she's old, so I got her down at about nine o'clock and we started in. Then exactly how it happened, I don't know. I was puttering around the work table where Darcy used to do his jewel setting and his repair work, and Sally was over near the showcase. I wanted more light on a certain piece of jewelry I had in my hand, and I thoughtlessly threw over a switch I saw on Darcy's table. It was a switch I hadn't noticed before. In fact, I accidentally uncovered it by moving a collection of his tools I hadn't previously disturbed. No sooner had I closed the circuit than I heard a scream from Sally, 
and saw her fall backwards. I had given her a shock without knowing it. That was queer, murmured the colonel. Let me have a look at that switch. While you're about it, I'll look too, said another voice in the dimly lighted store. And as the two turned in startled surprise, they saw Detective Carroll smiling at them. I heard there was another accident up here, he went on, still smiling, so I came to have a look. The side door was open and I walked in. Guess you didn't hear me. These rubber heels don't make much noise. They don't indeed when you walk on them and not on the soles, observed the colonel grimly. The question is, what do you want to see? The electric switch on Darcy's table was the answer. I couldn't help hearing what you said, Mr. Ketteridge, said Carol, and I don't know as I would have tried not to if I could. This is important. I rather guess it makes it look a bit bad for your friend, Colonel Ashley. And there was a sneer in the words. Well, I don't know, was the cool response. The wires, as I understand it, are to run an electric lathe, and they might easily have become crossed. Oh, yes, of course, admitted Carol. And then again, they might have been crossed on purpose. It's a new stunt, electrically shocking an old lady before you bang her over the head or stab her. But it's a good one. I'll have a look at that switch. I thought maybe I might find something interesting here when I heard about the shock to the old servant, and I didn't miss my guess. There was nothing for the colonel or Mr. Ketteridge to say or do, and they remained passive while Carroll took his time looking about. Then he telephoned for Halliday of the prosecutor's office, and also for the chief electrician of the police signal system, and all three spent some time looking at the wires and testing them. "'What do you think about it?' asked Mr. Ketteridge of the colonel, when the store was again dim and quiet. "'What do I think? I don't know. I'm going to have a talk with Darcy in the morning, and if I find he's been deceiving me, well, I'll drop his case, that's all.' If Darcy simulated surprise when, the next morning at the jail, told by the colonel of what had happened to Sally Page, the prisoner was a consummate actor, the detective thought. Colonel Ashley, Darcy exclaimed, I never knew that my lathe wires crossed or connected with any circuit that might shock a person. It is true I had the wires run in secretly, as I didn't want my cousin to know about them. She didn't favor my experiments on the electrical lathe and they had to keep quiet about it. But I never strung those wires to shock her, and of course you can easily imagine I never could plan to injure Sally Page that way, or the young lady who was knocked down the other day. Well, Darcy, you may be telling the truth, and again you may not. The colonel's voice was as non-committal as possible. But I am bound to point out to you that the prosecution will make the most of this, and that it looks bad for you. I know it does, Colonel, but I had no more to do with my cousin's death than Carol or you, nor have I the least suspicion who did kill her. My God, what object would I have? And he turned and paced up and down. Well, I'll do the best I can, said the Colonel, but I must say it looks black. Then you never knew your wires might, by the closing of the switch on your table, shock someone standing near the showcase? I never dreamed of it. The wires must have been changed since I used them. That will be looked into. And the stopping of the clocks. Could your apparatus have done that? Never. 
it is true a strong electrical current might under certain circumstances stop clocks as well as start them but it would not stop all the clocks in the store or all that were going at different hours perhaps not well i must see what i can do carol and thong with the prosecutor's men will use this for all it is worth we must combat it somehow please find a way colonel i was so hopeful and now the young man could not go on for a moment because of his emotion amy miss mason how does she take this he faltered she doesn't know it yet i believe it didn't get in the morning's papers but it will be in this afternoon's i wish you could see her and explain i i can't stand it to have her lose faith in me i'll see what i can do i'll put the best face on it i can for her and you yourself colonel you you don't believe me guilty because of this new development do you if i did i wouldn't still be handling your case mr darcy was the answer but i don't say that there isn't something to explain i am now giving you the benefit of the doubt then maybe amy will do the same it was not many hours before the colonel knew this point the first edition afternoon papers had not long been out when the detective who had gone to his hotel after an early morning visit to the jail was telephoned to by miss mason i happened to be in town shopping she said and the agitation was plainly audible in her voice when i saw this terrible thing about mr darcy's wires and poor sally is she in any danger colonel i believe not that's good may i come to see you i have something important to ask you yes or i will come to see you miss mason no i had rather come to your hotel if you will meet me in the ladies parlor it will be secluded enough at this time and a little later amy and the colonel were talking the girl's haggard look told plainly of her distress tell me frankly she begged doesn't this make it look a little worse for mr darcy yes miss mason it does i had best be frank with you the prosecutor is bound to show that the presence of the wires controlled by a switch from mr darcy's table was so arranged that he might shock his cousin or anyone who put his hands on the showcase and they will undoubtedly argue that he planned this to make her insensible for his own purposes whether it was that he did it in a fit of passion to kill her for his fancied troubles or to cover up a robbery i am only making it thus bald that you may know and face the worst i appreciate that and i thank you then it does look bad for him it does and how does he bear up under it very well his chief anxiety is regarding you i realize this is a test of friendship miss mason a test of both the loyalty of yourself and your father and oh you needn't worry about dad he'll stick by jimmy through thick and thin for he says he knows he's innocent and yourself how does your loyalty meet the test amy mason drew herself up a splendid figure of beautiful womanhood she flashed a look at the detective that made him stand to his full military height and bearing and then she said do you think i'm going to let dad beat me oh no colonel ashley so amy mason met the test end of chapter eighteen recording by james o'connor randolph massachusetts may 
2011